The programme which follows is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. You're listening to Very Loose Women. By Shirley and Company, and now you're listening to Very Loose Women on 104.4 Resonance FM. I'm Emma, and this is Leo. Good evening. So yeah, you might have guessed from the song that this week we're going to be talking about shame. But before all that, let's have a gripe of the week. Leo, what's your gripe? Well, mine is actually from today, which is quite rare because I usually have to go back a few days. Topical. Mm. It is extremely topical. So I got a bus today from Sheffield and I was about to get on the bus. It was like half an hour before and I realised I'd forgot my diary journal planner thing. It sounds important. It's really important. It has everything in it. I'm actually quite stressed that I like need to do something and I don't know because it's all written in that book. And I'd forgotten it. And so I messaged the person I was staying at and I wasn't at their house. And then I called like a cinema I went to last night and this morning because I was at a documentary film festival, which was amazing. So that kind of compensates. for. This doesn't sound like a gripe. I'm hearing a lot of mini (laughs) celebrations, I have to say, but go on. Okay, there were loads. But yeah, so I called up the cinema and it was there. And it's been another mini celebration. <laughs> it's being posted back to me tomorrow, but at the moment I don't have my journal, so that is it is actually quite stressful to be in my situation right now. But it is great. Thanks so much to my friend for posting it back to me in case he's listening. I feel slightly betrayed that that was your gripe because you actually sound really happy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, my gripe. Well, what I was saying to you earlier is that mine's actually out of date because I've been keeping what you might call a gripe journal mm. for like a rainy day. So anytime fact, I don't have a gripe, I, I did call it a gripe journal. Yes, you did. That is exactly what you described it as. Um, So this is actually quite old. It's not from this week at all. Sorry, everyone. It's maybe gripe of the year. No, that makes it sound like it's really serious. But it's a little bit old, but it's still gripey. And my little mini gripe is I only scored 10 out of 13 in this quiz, which was a quiz of quotes. um, And you had to say whether it was Justin Bieber or William Shakespeare. And I only got 10 out of 13. And I think even then it was like some lucky guesses went in there. I think I've done a Taylor Swift, Jane Austen one and I did pretty poorly on that. They purposely try to make it hard. Yeah, but it shouldn't be so hard. Actually, Taylor Swift, Pablo Neruda is one that I struggled with. Oh, was that it? Okay, yeah. Yeah, maybe that was it. Oh, maybe we've done the same. Mm. But yeah, I was humiliated um, Mm. by that. Okay, so our topic that we're talking about is shame. And the reason I chose it is because it's a little shout out to Betsy Nelson, who's the inclusion officer at my school. And basically, she did this really great training. And this is not something I say often about 
my job or about any job that I've worked in. But we had a really great and interesting training about shame, the topic of shame, um, because I work in a really difficult school and a lot of the kids have a really difficult home life. And we were talking about like how they feel shame at home and how that affects them into school and how we should address it when we get shamed by them. That is kind of pretty heavy and we're going to get into it a little bit, but I'm also happy to be a little bit loose or maybe very loose, sorry, <laughs> um, with a definition. So like any kind of shame, humiliation, embarrassment, something where you feel like you've maybe not met someone's standards or you've like had a massive cringe. Really. A cringe. A cringe, yeah. I have a little story on cringe. The first time I heard the word cringe was actually in... Do you, did you ever read Ms. Magazine? Did I read Ms. Magazine? I'll tell you what, I was a real fan of their flowchart quizzes. Oh, I remember those. They were great. It'd be like, I don't know, which member of A1 should you marry? Obviously, Ben. I don't know any members of A1. I don't There's only one A1 real, A1 really that you need to know, and it's Ben. He had great curtains. You remember it, yeah, yeah. Just say yes, go on. Yes, I do. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, anyway, so I remember this cringe section and I remember the story that really sticks with me from that cringe section was like the person who wrote in was wearing a brace and kissed someone for the first time at a school disco and their braces locked to each other and they could like, de-entangle themselves. But I did wonder in that section, the cringe section, if people just made them up. I think they did. And I remember actually one of my favorite cringes that I read was someone who claimed that they were invited to a, a fancy dress party, a period fancy dress party. Um, and they came dressed as a tampon, whereas Clever. obviously Clever nobody else the did. Well, yeah, but I could, well, who knows if it was made up or not. In our training, I'm going to refer to training a couple of times because I was impressed by it. We had some biblical examples of shame. The very first shame, obviously Adam and Eve, they were shamed. Cain and Abel, I didn't realize the story about shame as well. What's the shame in that? So they both made sacrifices mm. to God and God preferred Abel's lamb instead of Cain's offering of grass see what his interests are anyway and um basically like as out of kind of like humiliation or the shame that he felt Cain killed Abel that's what that's about apparently what was the first time you felt shame so my my first I mean there's probably moments before this and actually now that I think of it there were moments before this I'm gonna choose one from like when I was six yeah so it was my basically we were moving house and I had my seventh birthday party when I was six and a half I had a summer party and um, the day before this big party that was like the first time that I'd actually invited friends to my house and stuff like that. And it was kind of weird. I always felt like that I was like a bit of an alien. I guess like kids feel like that at six. I don't know. Anyway, so they're coming to my house and I just wanted to like be a bit not alien. And I got a mosquito bite like right on my eye the day before the summer party. And so the whole day I wore a hat my neighbor's my neighbor Olivia's hat over my eye so that people wouldn't see it and it was like the middle of summer and it was this like crushed like blue velvet hat that was actually quite hot so it was just it looked even weirder but anyway I drew this picture for my blog a few years ago so Leonora's advised me this is going to be great radio she's going to show me a picture that she drew and I'm going to react so just to ensure there's no dead air while I'm doing it have you got a sound effect prepared I do okay let's have a look oh, wait that's not a sound effect that's just you laughing okay I'm looking I'm looking I see a mosquito okay. I see a swollen eye and I see you looking very sad in your hat um, perhaps we can tweet this picture later on for our listeners who yeah. are Let's do no that. doubt desperate to see At VLW the, um, the what, what would you describe this as it's a, a comic almost I'm not <laughs> it sure it's a comic but yeah there's a picture of me in my hat um okay so a moment so I, I think I'm gonna say that's a cringe yeah that's a humiliation no but but I felt I don't know it went a lot deeper than that like it was and I, I've you know I'm not one to focus on looks but um I was then I felt like deep shame yeah well I think the first time that I really felt shame was I remember really clearly I was remembering the other day actually um 
I had like I was little. I must have been maybe I don't know about five or maybe younger. And I remember that I'd made a little daisy chain, like mm. a little bracelet or something, a little daisy chain. And I remember showing it to my dad. And him giving me like a, such a bollocking for picking flowers oh, and wow. saying like those flowers are gonna die, like you've killed them, and like I just felt so awful to my core, like like I've just never yeah. felt so bad. I couldn't realize it was gonna be something that I would get in trouble for, or that it would be a bad thing yeah. to do. Like I was so little, but I really felt awful. I was thinking about earlier, kind of like the shame feeling where you kind of you recall that incident and you just like shudder and mm. you feel like just so embarrassed. I don't and have that with the mosquito thing. Yeah, maybe I didn't feel shameful enough. But it's very good of your dad to pick you up on that. Is it though? Because I was like five and he made me, like I still feel like in my heart, like that Mm. was an upsetting moment for me. I don't know, it was was horrible. But I I remember when I was younger as well, I used to like quite often, when it getting to nighttime, Mm. I'd be like going to bed and I'd suddenly remember all these things that like I felt so ashamed about and like just so upset and it would always come flooding back and I wouldn't be able to sleep. And there was one that I remembered, again, I don't know why, and thinking about it now, it's really stupid, but um, at school, someone came and said to our class, like they were doing a little survey. I don't know who they were. Someone maybe worked for the council or something. And I remember, I feel even like so embarrassed telling this now, but I want to get it out so it's like gone. Yeah. So um, it's gone forever so on the internet permanently online. Yeah, exactly. I'm not sure how that works, but maybe yeah. it's like a kind of therapy, like, I don't know, some sort of, I don't know what it is. Do it. But, go, ahead. Um, go ahead. Basically, someone came around to the school and asked people if anyone spoke more than one language, if they were bilingual. Mm. And then they were like, it could even be like, and I was quite young, like I was in primary school. And then they were like, if you speak like another language to members of your family, like your grandparents or anything like that. So I was like, oh, like when I speak to my grandparents on the phone, I maybe say like a couple of words in another language. Mm. And like, that's definitely not being bilingual. But at the time, I didn't make the distinction of like, I don't know, whatever. I just thought like I've answered the question, everything's great. And I remember getting home and saying to my mom, oh yeah, this person did a survey and they asked this question and I said, yeah, yeah, I'm bilingual. And she was just like, you're not though like that's definitely wrong and then I felt so embarrassed that I oversold myself and my that's... linguistic skills and I was like honestly I used to think about it so frequently whereas it's like who cares no, that person's all... just doing a survey and they don't actually care no one will ever know that like one extra person in that school was mistaken but but also I was researching third language ac- acquisition during my PGC and it's actually really important to like taking that first step to say like I do speak this language is a really important part of language yeah, learning. Yeah, but I mean I definitely didn't I definitely <laughs> didn't speak that language. I didn't speak okay. any other languages. So it was just yeah. We had a couple of anonymous stories sent in mm-hmm. of people when they first felt shame. So one was um a young man sent in he really the first time he felt shame was when he um had a wank thinking about another boy. Cuz we we had a discussion about it as well. Does shame mean it's something like you'll never do it again? And I said I, I bet you have done it again and he said yes, I just stopped feeling shame. So, and also someone else sent in a story where they said the first time they felt shame was when they were cutting the corners of yellow pages books and they just <laughs> didn't own up to it and their parents came home and they were like it wasn't me. <laughs> Which I thought was quite sweet. And we've got another story that's been a uh, shot in that I'm just going to I, I've got a brief one while that's oh, loading. Yeah, um, yeah, when I actually was before that summer party that I mentioned, um, as a family, we did we did a reenactment of Jane Eyre. And I was... <laughs> <laughs> of course, who wouldn't? <laughs> I was young Jane Eyre at like five, which is obviously a really cool component. Anyway, I was like on the on this like blanket outside and we did it with this other family. Um, and I didn't want to pretend that the dad in that family was my dad, even though I had to in the context of the film. Um, and I was, and I had to say like, oh, I love you forever and ever. And I just couldn't do it. And so I like, I banged my head on the floor and the, the ground was like a lot harder than I thought. Cause it was like, 
um, you know, like quite hard mud as opposed to like quite soft mud, which I thought it was. <laughs> and it's then, important like, to work out what kind of mud you're dealing with when you're going to hit your head off it. And, and everyone was like, are you OK? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. But I actually really hurt my head. That's the end of the story. Another cringe. Okay, a friend a friend sent in. I can remember. It was on holiday with my family, preschool age, and I came downstairs and said, I'm ravaged instead of famished. And everyone found it hilarious. And no, no one would explain, but no one was being mean about it, but they were just laughing so, so much. And this girl just felt really humiliated. Um, I mean, she was only, like, mm, she says three years old, which I doubt. But so basically she came downstairs and said, I'm ravaged. They they are quite a similar lexical field. Yeah, I can understand what you meant. I think, you know, to mm. know the word ravaged at the age of three is impressive. It I think you should be impressive. proud of yourself, even if you used it incorrectly and made yourself sound a bit weird. That's how you expand your vocabulary. By using words wrongly. Um, By using new words. That's true. Yes. No, I think don't be ashamed about that. No. We're not shaming you for that. Okay. But did our parents use shame as a tool? Because I remember, well, actually, when we had this training as well, one of the staff members, we all talked about how we felt about shame. Mm. And he said, oh, yeah, you know, if he was in trouble, his mom would say, I'm going to come to school and I'm going to shame you. And that would be her threat, which Mm. I was really surprised at. But when I thought about it, I think the Daisy incident, the Daisy chain incident, Mm. we'll call it, of a of 2000 and no it wasn't 2000 of uh, I don't know 1993 um, that daisy chaining incident um, yeah I think like my dad was really happy that I felt so shamed and he was just like it's what's really good about you is you know when you get told off you you have that shame and you like wow. you take it in That's which intense. actually is yeah it's not yeah. that nice did your parents use shame on you I don't know like I think between each other in the divorce probably um, but just for me specifically, probably around the fact that I was a very messy child and tidying my room. The other day, actually, my sister sent me a screenshot of my diary um, when I was about eight or nine. And it had something in it that was like, it was actually from my sister, not my parents, um, but asking me to tidy my room. And I was like, she, all she says is tidy, tidy, tidy. <laughs> that is her truth. <laughs> that is her truth, that your room was untidy. <laughs> That's, no, that's, all, that's all she will say but yeah I think it was like very well known in the family that I was super messy <laughs> like once um the cat threw up on my bed when you I, didn't notice for weeks <laughs> when oh, no, I was sorry. about 15 no yeah no I didn't tidy it up all <laughs> <laughs> oh, right I was accurate in that horrible <laughs> prediction okay so I would kind of be thinking about it especially like in terms of like the kids at our school are they getting shamed more than we do and I find it really funny because they have a couple of phrases that they always say and they also say it about themselves like they shame themselves loads if they make a mistake or like I don't know if the teacher writes something on the board today is the, you know Wednesday or whatever I don't even know what date it is so I can't give the example Wednesday something 2016 the, the 15th and the kids will be like June. thank you You're very welcome. much that's going to date our show though now people will know when they listen to it we'll have to cut it out we'll have to beep it exactly Mm. redact it anyway um if it's you know the teacher's written the date on the board like wednesday the 15th of june Mm. and then one of the kids is like oh i think it's tuesday miss and all the other kids are like no no it's like definitely wednesday we all know that then that kid will be like shame and like shame themselves oh my goodness and they also are saying this phrase i'm quite enjoying which i shouldn't be enjoying but i just find it interesting they'll also say they'll say shame to themselves or they'll say i feel egg which I think is like egg on the on, on your face, like you've got oh. egg on your face, but they just say like I feel egg. That's very which, idiomatic. Yeah, it's really it's interesting, interesting to me. So, yeah. but yeah, I think there's definitely a lot of like self shaming, and also like I have to say I haven't experienced that in the schools that I've taught at. I haven't heard anything like that. But I think I do lack um, your like there like you talk about a lot of slang, and I'll be like I've never heard that. I love the slang though. I'm learning yeah. so much. And so I, I well, I've th- got to know what they're saying about me. I think to I'm me, just not as down with the me. kids generally. 
But I think maybe my kids are the ones that use, maybe they made up I feel egg. Mm. But yeah, it's really interesting. And I think, yeah, there's definitely as well in a kind of maybe our kids are more self-conscious than I think we were at school. I think like I think I was a lot I, I was pretty wacky and I wasn't really worried about that whereas I think they're kind of like shaming each other mm. into being like you know away from any kind of individuality just like you have to be a certain way you have to act a certain way and there's a lot of classic slut shaming mm. at my school as well that I've noticed that I don't think that really happened you know when I was I, at school yeah I don't I mean I I think I was just like in the clouds all the time I didn't have like a ton of friends so I would have noticed any shaming like if it was there I wasn't tuned you were it. being shamed you were so far removed from the, the social circle yeah well like I don't know like a lot of women or like a lot of girls in my year would wear makeup and I didn't I didn't know like it wasn't like something that would occur to me like I just didn't really put myself in the category of like oh I should maybe should be doing this or like smoking for example I grew up in France uh, a lot of people smoked and it was just never something that really occurred to me that I wanted to do yeah I don't know like I never felt shamed into doing any of those things but anyway yeah slut shaming yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's a problem. I've never noticed that uh, in my in the schools that I've taught at, whereas it probably does exist, yeah. I mean, even I mean amongst our staff as well, which is a story for another time, but like crazy stuff. But what I want to talk about with us maybe is also like hot on the heels of Sadiq Khan's statement that he's going to ban body shaming advertising on the tube. Do we feel shamed about our bodies? Like, do we feel like media or other people have put shame on us for how we look? And I've got some yeah, stories that have been sent in. So regarding body hair, I've got two different stories, and I want to know if you've ever had your body hair shamed. Um, yes, pubic hair, um, I have, but um, actually by yeah, and leg hair as well. Even I think by my mum as well. Like hair extraction in my family is a big deal. Yeah, um, but then like specifically like shame generally. My back, I used to like scratch my back a lot when I was nervous, and I would have like like lots of scars and both my parents would be like that's terrible like my mom would be like you have to use lots of creams and my dad was like stuff like that is important you know you have to like make sure you don't have scars and like I think he meant it in like in a relationship sense and it's just like I would never say that to anyone I just think but you haven't taken that on I no, no um off a duck's back if I may very good Mm. um here are two hair shaming stories set in by some more anonymous sources. Mm. At a music festival recently, I raised my ankle-length dress up a little as I was dancing because the bottom of it had got wet. So my legs were out and some guys behind me tapped me on the shoulder and as I turned around, they started cheering at me and started making ape noises and ape gestures. Oh my goodness. And that was about her having hairy legs. But wow. I just think it's crazy. That's really terrible. Horrible. And another one. And how could you tell as well? That's what I was thinking. I was like, surely they would not be able to see the hairs on your legs. That's Oh, that's st- well, anyway. very surprising. Yeah. Um, and the next one is, a friend of mine got shamed on the bus a few days ago. She had onto the rail and a 40-year-old-ish woman said to her friend, look at that underarm hair, Jesus. Whoa. And this girl ended up shaving af- after this experience because she was so horrified Whoa. and she hadn't shaved in years. Um, and I think like something like that, I actually, the more that I work in the school, I mean, you're going to get the impression that it's quite a toxic environment in the school. But the more that I work there, I actually get body shamed by like by the kids making comments. And actually, like it's things that I would never think about. And I don't feel like, you know, societal pressure or pressure from like love interests or friends or anyone. But so, it's these kids saying things like, so they shame my, mm, so many things. My eyebrows. Sometimes my eyebrows are a mess. They comment on that. My, my sisters do that actually. Mustache. Yeah. They're like my dad's mustache. done that. On my, my response yep. to that is, I've got a more mustache hair than you'll ever have. To the my, boys. My my dad's my dad also did like the pores in my nose as well. He was like, oh, you need to sort that out. I was like, that's not your business. 
having a flat bum. They're always like, you've really? got no bum because they're really into big bums. And I think as a consequence of this as well, they're like, your trousers sag because I don't have a big bum. Whoa. It's all kind of crazy stuff. But I think that's all stuff that like I was never concerned about. And then yeah. like these kids have like made me like hypersensitive about it, which is really sad. Um, and I guess, you know, it just says how they'll be speaking to each other, making each other feel really I mean, yeah, that's upsetting. That must be a really tough environment for both boys and girls to grow up in, I think. Very well put. Also, bra. Let's talk about bras for a minute. Yeah, let's. So, like, I remember very early on in secondary school, I already had, like, medium-sized boobs. And I just did not wear a bra because I didn't even think about it being a thing. And also, I think I wanted to try and deny that I actually was getting boobs. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted to pretend it wasn't happening. And then in PE, these girls were like, you've got to wear a bra, like you need to do that. And I never really thought about that. And like having mm. someone say to me like, no, that that is actually like the done thing. You've yeah, got a, a I, bit of boob. I felt I had to start like, not necessarily wearing a bra because I've never really had boobs big enough, except for like that one week, like three weeks ago when I was like, oh, what is happening? And I had to wear a bra for like four days. Otherwise it would just hurt. That had never happened to me in my life. But generally um, I just like wear lots of tops to cover nipple area at school because I feel that's inappropriate. Even though like that's my body and it probably should be fine. And I'm fine generally having nipples, but it's just at school I feel like mm, I'm not comfortable with that ambiguity of like what that might mean. I don't know what it might mean. Free the nipple. That's yeah. what they've been saying on the uh, Instagram. Yeah, but I mean, if it makes like kids feel uncomfortable, then I wouldn't want that. There's a, this is a kind of double-edged thing. Consumption of alcohol slash drugs and how that results in poor musical performance. Mm. So we've got two stories sent in by listeners. I don't know if you'd like to read one of them out <laughs> or would you like me to read them both? I think I, think I, can, I can read one of them if you want. Yeah. Would you like to read the first one out? Sure. <laughs> I once did loads of MDMA at a party and my friend said, oh, you should play guitar. And so I had to ask the host for his guitar to play. And the host said, you can only play guitar if you play in front of everyone, a party of around 40 people. Halfway through my third self-penned song, I stopped. I had forgotten all the words and how to play throughout. That sounds humiliating and that person was a bad host. That's my response to that. Yeah. Um, we've got another one from a listener. I ended up at the house of a Mumford and Sons band member. As the night drew on, I got drunker and drunker. I decided I'd try out a new instrument I'd never played before, the grand piano. This cacophony was met by mutters of, that girl can't play piano at all, which was agreed upon by the Mumford and Sons band member, who, did I mention, was actually their keyboardist. So that sounds quite humiliating again. And I think, like, another thing about, like, alcohol and drugs is the next day, the kind of feelings of guilt and shame. Yeah. And I think part of that is having, like, memory blanks because then you're like, what did I do? What did I say? And part of that is sometimes you say and do really bad things and you but, just no I think it's also something in alcohol like the next yes. day like dehydration or something I don't know something in yeah, that depressing. it makes you feel guilty I, I feel it it's unrelated to, to my behaviour generally is yeah that's the guilt. true sometimes I think that's true sometimes you just panic so much mm. and you think well. and you like mull things over because usually when you're hungover you can't do a ton of stuff and so you're like lying in bed or staring at the ceiling or both. We were going to run out of time, but I want to say one more thing, which yeah. is, okay, do you ever feel shame around sex or masturbation? Because I think if I have sex or other things all day, mm. but I feel like I've wasted a day and I feel like that's unproductive time and I feel really bad about it. I have to say that I don't do that a lot. So I, I've never, yeah, I guess no is the answer. I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel like I'm wasting time, but also I haven't really done that. But I think you had some ideas about masturbation not being unproductive. Yeah. I mean, I think I don't think that it's unproductive because I think that it relaxes you. And I think that's always going to be a positive thing unless it doesn't relax you. But I can't imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> what if it's going yeah. really badly? What, the masturbation? Yeah. 
I don't know. Just going on, and you're like, oh god, it's never going to end. Like, well, what am I doing? You're wrong? very much in control of whether or not you continue or stop. So you can always go and like take a walk. <laughs> <laughs> That's a top a top tip. A top tip for Nina there. Um, okay, before we go, I've got a couple of things that we need to say. If you want to check us out on Twitter, we're on at VLW Radio, and if you want to listen to our podcast, we're at acast.com forward slash verilyswomen and on Stitcher and on iTunes and is there anything else that we need to say Eleanor before we go? Uh, we have a Facebook as well which compared to our Twitter is is has a Quite small dull. attendance yeah so please please like us on Facebook be our friend yes. um, and also I just want to say you've been enjoying the dulcet tones of Emma and Leo we are very loose women we are we've been engineered by Ilya and Thank this you. is Fiona Apple with Criminal Heaven help me Before I get them done I know tomorrow brings the consequence at hand But I keep living this So, I remember the shaming that I experienced when I was about six years old I'm Elia, the engineer, by the way My mum was having a party with all her female friends And they were dancing and I was dancing with one of them Everything was going well, everyone was having a good time And for some reason I thought it would be a good idea to slap this woman's bum. Because I had thought that that's what men and women do when they dance together in a room full of um, music and other women and friends. What happened? Um, Everything stopped dead and uh, all the women in the room were like, you should never, ever do that again. And I haven't since, so it was a positive experience. (laughs) Respectful, that's good. Okay, and continuing on that theme, there was um, when I was a kid, we had this housekeeper called Sue, and and I said to her, "Oh, you've got a very small head," and I said, "But you have a very big bum," and then she told my parents, and I got told off, and I guess I felt ashamed of that because I didn't realize at the time that it was like a negative thing, and then actually, actually, it was. program was brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. Visit our website at resonancefm.com to hear our vast range of original 24-7 broadcasts. Resonance is a not-for-profit broadcast platform and relies on public support. If you like what you've heard, make a secure donation at resonancefm.com. <laughs>